and divorce conversations where we analyze, navigate, and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisterman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our show. And I'm really excited tonight because for the first time on all the episodes I've made, we're going to have a special guest. And this special guest is none other than my better half, my wife, Leora Hustleman. Hi, Leora here. Hi, Leora. So excited to have you on my show. And I felt that the show would greatly benefit from us actually displaying how we communicate using the tools of Imago. You know, on many of the episodes, I share with our um, listeners uh, the theory and the concepts of why I teach what I teach and why I believe it works. And very often I mention that it works because I've seen it work in my own life. But I feel like the missing link of all of that information exchange is listeners actually hearing what does it sound like when you imago. You know, do we sound like we're speaking a foreign language? We speak English, but it's just different from the typical couple's communication. So what I thought I would like to demonstrate in this episode is an issue that comes up for so many of my listeners and couples that I work with. And that is, how do we actually establish safety in our communication? So I would like you to help me tonight to demonstrate to our listeners. So I'm going to ask you to be the receiver. I'm going to be the sender. And I'm going to lead you into safety land through... Sounds great. Okay. I'm glad you're excited to do this with me. Um, And I always recommend that the way to start for the best chance of success of a safety dialogue, and the truth is any dialogue, is to do a very quick centering meditation, which I'm going to demonstrate now. We're going to do together for our listeners. And I just want to clarify before we begin that the reason I'm such a big fan of uh, centering meditation is because when you're life is running and you're in the midst of shopping lists and children being put to sleep and worrying about what's going to happen at work the next day, how are you supposed to just plot down on the couch and reset yourself entirely, all of your energy, all your emotional, your mental processes, and just give all your focus and energy to your significant other? That's a massive undertaking. And so what I've um, come to see that was very effective And there's actually research behind it uh, that demonstrates that even when we take a mere 30 seconds to a minute to just recenter and bring ourselves to a focus, almost kind of grounding ourselves, that allows the mind to start racing, to leave the reptilian brain's hold grip of ours, and allow us to just become more accessible and available to what's happening around us, and particularly if we're attempting to engage in an intimate, vulnerable exchange with a significant other. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's very important for our listeners to actually hear how I do centering and how they could do it. And it could really be a fun exercise by actually taking turns, leading your own centering meditation with your spouse. So one night could be you, one night could be me. And we could bring in our own flavor, our own individuality of what, you know, what we want to envision as we're meditating, what relaxes us, what calms us down. Okay. So without further ado, um, we're going to now attempt to center. That'd be okay? Absolutely. Close your eyes. Try to sit in the way that your body feel relaxed. Take a deep breath through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. As you breathe, scan your body for any tension 
Whenever you feel tension, try to change your posture. Sit in the way of your legs. As you breathe, notice the air entering, making its way down into your As you breathe, try to set a mindset to be open, to be open to what you hear, to be open to what you feel as you should. To just be aware, it's taking place inside of that sharing can once you feel ready to share I'm here. Hi. I'd like to discuss with you something that has to do with safety in our relationship. Would now be a good time? Yeah, now's a good time. The way I would like to show up for you right now is I I'd like to share with you questions and sentences that I want you to finish for me. And I want you to know that the intention I have, these conversations, I want to understand how I could show up in our relationship and feel safe. Would that be okay? Yes. As you think about our relationship and the way we share, one thing that I could do that would help you feel more safe in our relationship is articulate that you understand where I'm coming from when I share something with you? So what I'm hearing you say is one thing that would help you feel safe in our relationship is if I were to articulate what you're sharing with where you're coming. Are you getting that? Yeah, yeah. What I mean by where I'm coming from is what my perspective is that you, that you could understand why I acted the way I did or I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, just to understand my perspective. So what you want me to get is actually trying to understand your perspective and try to make sense of where you're coming from and why you're doing what you're doing in various situations. Is that what you want? Yeah, I think so. Because if I were to do that for you, would you imagine that would do for you? Um, I wouldn't... Get to, I don't think I would get to feeling defensive because I would feel understood and safe in whatever's going on. I would feel safe to feel understood. So what I'm hearing you saying is there are times when we interact and you feel like I'm not really understanding you. And in those times when you do feel understood, you find that that's when you feel safest with me more. And so it means a lot to you when I make an effort to really understand where you're coming from. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think so. Is there anything else you wanted to know from what you shared so far? Um, yeah, when you, when you asked what, what showing up like that would do, it's, I, would, I would also feel safe because when I feel, under, when I feel understood, 
and I, I probably wouldn't feel judged. And those are, and I, and I don't want to feel judged when I'm sharing with you. So, so I think that this will help a lot. So, what you also want me to understand is that when you feel understood by me, you experience yourself that you're not being judged because I'm understanding you. And that helps a lot when you don't experience yourself in our relationship like I'm judging you. Yeah. Because in those times when you did feel judged by me, what came up for you was? Sometimes I think I wish I didn't share. You wish you wouldn't share with me. I, I feel like frustrated. Like, and you also, you also experience feelings of frustration. Are you getting it? Um, yeah, I like how it sounds better. Just say, I felt frustrated. You felt frustrated. And in those moments, what you wished for was? I wish you could like, get out of your own head and your own perspective and see me and see where, see where I'm coming So what I'm hearing you say is that in those moments, what you really wished for is if I could just step out of my own world and see your perspective, and what it's like to be you, and not just see you through my own lens. Because in those moments when you do experience that feeling of, like, I really see you, what does that give you? I feel um, worthy and valuable. I feel like, wow, he thinks I make sense. He thinks, um, like, it's okay that I have these feelings. Like, so what you want to get is you feel worthy, you feel valuable, and you feel like your feelings make sense. You're entitled to your feelings. Yeah, and it's especially it's especially meaningful because not only does somebody think that I make sense, but the person most special to me understands me. You also need to know is that something really special when the person who's most important to you, most special to you, understands you. That that means a lot. Yeah. And one way that I can communicate or phrase sentences that if I were to speak this way, it would help you stay in a positive, safe place from which you could be receptive to the things I need to share with you, even if there are difficult things to talk about. How can I sound or phrase my sentences that would help you feel like we're, we're in a good place? You're not being attacked. You're not being judged. You're not being criticized. How could, how could you imagine if I started sentences this way, it would... It would go a long way to keep safety. Imagine we're, we're just about to engage each other in the conversation. You know, we both had a long day, busy with lots of different responsibilities, and now we want to just sit down, sit on the couch, on two chairs, and engage each other. And I could sense from you that you're edgy about something that's happened either between us or with kids or at work, and I want to help anchor us, you know, by safety. So I'm... You know, kind of scratching my head, trying to figure out how do I start talking to her right now that she'll feel safe and accepted and, and therefore willing to reciprocate and be open to me. So I think the first the first thing would be for me is you asking in a very compassionate and curious way, um, like what's going on for me. Okay, everybody. And now that we demonstrated this dialogue, I really wanted to unpack some important aspects of what just took place to give everyone real ongoing consciousness, awareness of what's taking place and what you could do when you're gonna try to sit down and have some kind of an interaction like this with your spouse. And it's amazing how Lior was able to sum it up with four words, compassionate and curious way. She wanted me to communicate with her in the way that I projected a compassionate energy. And at the same time, 
I also projected energy of curiosity. And so let's kind of walk through key pieces that I identify as a way to lay the foundation for this idea of compassionate inquiry and a curious inquiry. So first of all, you probably noticed I did something called mirroring, and it is something I've discussed in prior episodes. It is a hallmark of Imago relational therapy. And while it might seem robotic, and if you try it for the first few times, you really might feel like you're a stenographer in the courtroom recording a conversation. The reality is, is the more you practice it and the more you become natural at mirroring, the more you will realize it's one of the most powerful tools at your disposal when it comes to your spouse, when it comes to your children, when it comes to your coworkers, when it comes to pretty much anybody you will interact with. And the reason mirroring is so powerful is because most people do not feel heard at any point in their lives. It's a really tragic thing. But most people, if you really ask them, if you sit down and talk to your friends and close family members who will be willing to be vulnerable and comfortable with you, will tell you that one of the deepest things they feel lacking in their lives is a sense that they are heard, that they're really seen from where they are and not from where everybody else wants them to be. And what mirroring does is it allows each one of us, when we are being mirrored, by somebody we trust, a, a trusted friend, a coach, a therapist, a family member, who we can confide in. When we are being mirrored, what that does is it subtly allows us to experience that feeling, sensation, that right now I am seen, I am noticed, I matter. That is a feeling that's irreplaceable and that's so deeply sought out by pretty much everyone. Celebrities, people not known, and everybody in between. The next thing that I hope you noticed in that dialogue that my wife and I did was pausing. We paused. This is not a race. Connecting to each other is very much a organic, spontaneous experience. It's not something that can be rushed. It's not something that can be forced. Pausing is a very healthy, natural aspect of communication. Go ahead, try it. See how quickly you could summarize what your spouse is telling you without becoming a robot. But by being natural, certainly sounding natural and genuine, that will require you to actually digest, process, internalize the words that your partner is telling you, and then attempt to say them back, and say them back not as just re repetition, but as a way to let your spouse know you really are trying to understand where they're coming from, and what it's like to be them, not what it's like for you to interpret them. You hear that difference? It's not about how we interpret our spouse. It's how much we're able to step into the worlds of our spouses. And when we step into that world, it is so soothing and comforting and so safe and intimate. And that is something that everybody deep in their hearts is longing for, that genuine connection. The third thing I hope you noticed was tone. Tone is so important. Why? Because tone is one of the few ways we are able to convey to our spouses things such as our genuine care for what they're saying, what they're sharing with us, our presence. It's a demonstration. I'm really here, right? If I speak very fast, so I say to you, so what I'm hearing you say is this is how you're feeling. All I'm doing is I'm signaling to you that I'm lip servicing what you're telling me. But if I change my tone and I speak softly with a certain weightiness to your words, and I project in my tone love and care for you, that itself is soothing and connecting form of experience on top of me actually confirming what you're saying by repeating the words. 
So tone is very important. It very much will either demonstrate credibility to the words I'm repeating, or it will demonstrate that I'm not really listening, even though I may perfectly repeat word for word what you said to me. Another tool at our disposal is body language. How am I sitting? As I listen to you, and then as I mirror back what you said, am I fidgeting? Am I expressing frustration, stress, anxiety, disappointment in my body language? Or am I demonstrating I'm present? And that's why it was so important to do a centering meditation. It allows your body to just come to a more relaxed state, especially if it's at the end of the day, in the evening, and everybody's brain circuitry is still wired for survival, and now you're trying to transition into a place of safety and intimacy. That takes time. You can't just flick your fingers and expect yourself to reset. Very hard to reset in a split second. But that body language will also be sending lots of subliminal messages to our spouses. And therefore, it's so crucial that that body language is also attuned in its presentation. And finally, just to round off and requote again my wife, she would like me to show up compassionate and in a curious way. Now, let's let's understand that together. First of all, what would a compassionate inquiry look like? Well, it would be reflected in a soft tone, an empathetic tone versus a tone of disgust, disappointment, stress. It would also be reflected in a body language. In demonstration, I'm here with you, right? Almost giving off energy with your body that I'm trying to create all your world. I'm trying to hold that space for you, which by the way, why I'm so um, strict about making sure you're sitting fully facing each other, like literally knee to knees. You should be facing in complete body to body um, frontal position. People tend to sit sideways and lean in different ways. All of that is those few things. One, it makes it very difficult to connect. And two, it signals that I don't want to be in full connection with you. But when you really sit knees to knees, almost knees touching each other, shoulders to shoulders and complete frontal um, postures, you're already signaling to each other, I want to be present with you. I want to be in your space and I want you to enter mine. And finally, in a curious way, if I say in my head, my spouse is a wonderland, my spouse is a journey of a lifetime. So many things to see here. People are willing to go on all sorts of exotic vacations. They want to go see stuff, do stuff, and nobody pauses and says, my spouse is the greatest safari I'm going to go on and experience all sorts of creatures, species, and all of those things are all kinds of emotions my spouse shows up with, all kinds of thoughts, ideas, intuitions, all of those things are the various species wandering through the jungles of my spouse. And instead of seeing that from a place of curiosity that I want to explore and I want to cherish and I want to be curious about, instead it's a source of frustration, irritation, why are you like this? Where did this come from? The only reason people settle for that is because they've allowed themselves to land in a place of static, immobile, non-growing relationship mode. Now I'm just surviving. And you happen to be the sidekick that I've been landed with. So let's just put up with each other. For so many relationships, that is the end result. Not because they want to be there, but things just kind of wind up there because there is lack of awareness and concentrated focus in with a intentionality to build a great relationship. And that will require engaging on all of these different cylinders to be mirroring, to be pausing between mirroring, to demonstrate compassion, to demonstrate care, to demonstrate that I'm really trying to take in what you're sharing with me. The tone that we use, 
that could be so soothing and it could be so destructive while saying literally the same words. The body language that continues to add and flavor the energy that's between us. And it's either flavoring that creates more yummy, delicious connection or makes it very spicy, unpleasant, and bitter. And finally, keep saying to myself, I want to be here for you with compassion. And at the same time, I want to be inquisitive because your world is so beautiful and it's worth knowing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.